Welcome back. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think that they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you get and keep them. Snackwalls is powered by San Diego Code School, which is a social enterprise committed to developing tech equity through our groundbreaking apprenticeship program, backed by a profitable tech services company. Our business model is to bring diversity into development by putting early career developers on appropriate level projects with our oversight, providing companies with quality software services at significant cost savings. I'm going to throw it over to our special guest today. In a few sentences, can you tell us who you are and what you do? So hello, everyone. Thank you for having me, Mike. I am Deetra Giles. I am the Chief Bridge Architect at ExecuPrep, which is an HR consulting firm. And the biggest thing we do is we do executive coaching, training, but we are also DEI, or what's known as diversity, equity, and inclusion consultants, working with organizations to figure out how to attract and retain their top talent, and specifically their Black and minority talent in the workplace. And so we help them figure out how to get these Black and brown what we call employeepreneurs, people who know how to manage their career like a business. Awesome. So you are the expert that I'm going to be talking about today. Um, and I'm hearing from some leaders that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts? So what's happened... So the answer is yes and no. It depends on where you are. So, for example, I have clients that live in populations that have a small uh, area that has small minority populations. And for them, the answer is yes, it's kind of difficult. However, our current situation has broadened the opportunity. So what coronavirus or COVID has done with this working from home or what I call the six foot society is organizations are now realizing you don't have to be in the office to do some of this work. And if you don't have to be in the office, then my recruiting pool is not limited to this place where I have a limited pool of minorities. So now if my recruiting pool is all of the U.S., how can if I'm in Washington State, Seattle, with a small minority population, I can now recruit African-Americans from Atlanta or Baltimore or D.C. So now that excuse is slowly fading away, especially in particular locales. Yeah, that's absolutely uh, true. I'm seeing a lot of software engineering companies shift all their workforce remote. And that does, when I talk to candidates, that does make me you know, tell them, hey, don't think regionally, think more geographically across the whole U.S. Think more maybe about time zones right? What time zone might fit better with your schedule, but you know, you can still get up at 5 a.m. So you can still, you know, service the East coast if you're out here on the West coast. So I love that the philosophy of widening that pool by looking across, you know, more geographic locations. So. Absolutely. And I mean, think about it, even on the East coast, I'm an East coast girl, but I wake up at 5 a.m. to start my workout. And so people, we adjust for schedules. We have people that work a night shift. So getting up a few hours early, won't change anything. We Most of us, we have international clients. I was on at 1 a.m. with a client in Thailand. So that geographic, it's, it's, a, it's a game changer now for many people. Absolutely. So <clears throat> what do you think about the push as well at some of these companies to remove the requirement for CS degrees for many software engineering roles? I think it is amazing. What we have seen, one, I First of all, I have to be honest. I am a nerd. I'm a geek. I go to school just because I love school, but it is not for everybody. And we have people that have killer experience that are doing this stuff, especially when we think about technology. 
technology has never been founded on degrees. It's been these certifications and experience doing this stuff. You have 12-year-old kids that are hacking government agencies, right? So this idea that you have to have a degree to do this in advance is it's past time for us to get rid of it. Really looking at skill set and what you can do is what we really need to be focused on, especially when it comes to technology. Because these kids, my daughter's in a tech program now in high school, and she's getting certifications and experience that I have hired people at six figures for in the past. And she's in 11th grade. I mean, right. we have to change to meet what's going on now. And it really does. It, it, when we start shifting the mentality away from using that as a gatekeeper to what relevant skills do you have that allow you to be effective within the organization, I think this is a game changer. So yeah. that said, <clears throat> do you think an apprenticeship pattern would work for tech roles? Absolutely. That's how the kids are learning right now. Essentially, YouTube or uh, Facebook or whatever has been their, their, their apprenticeship are these online learning platforms. To have it be a face-to-face and in-person, what this also do is it increases our ability to attract minority candidates. What we know about developing these candidates is if you start at primary school, I remember when I was in middle school, I did very well on a standardized test and Duke University identified me as a candidate, a potential school candidate for them. They started grooming me when I was in seventh grade to go to Duke. If we start doing this with our candidates, we can find students where they are, start grooming them, apprenticeships. They come out of high school ready to get a job that's paying well. And guess what? If you're their first job out of high school and you taught them everything they know, that's the number one key to retention. It imp- I mean, I'm loyal to a fault. If you are my teacher, I'm not leaving my teacher, right? So Absolutely. it's a game change when we start talking about apprenticeships. So that is the great lead into the next question, which is what, would, what advice would you share with companies that are looking to retain diverse staff? Oh my gosh. First of all, look at your company culture. Does your company culture say I belong here? And a lot of companies aren't doing that. There is nothing about this organization that says I belong. What you say to me is leave who you are at the door when you come through these doors and you can pick it back up when you leave. That's the first thing. Do I belong here? It's who I am important. And oftentimes companies have diversity initiatives. And what they really mean is we want multiple colors. We don't want multiple experiences. So you want the color of my skin for your diversity initiatives, but you don't invite the color of my experience into your organization. And that's inviting the color of my experience. And I think that's what is the, that's the secret sauce, right? Is like people bringing that experience, people bringing that thought, their, uh, their take on things that's going to add that creative element. That's going to add that different viewpoint, that second set of eyes that's going to allow the company to be more productive. That's going to allow the company to surprise and delight their customers because that's what their customers are thinking. Right. So I mean, think about it. We've seen some national campaigns. One one big one that I always use is the McDonald's campaign. I'm loving it. Well, who who decided to leave the G off of loving? And they've made millions of dollars off this campaign. It wasn't some suburban soccer mom in her minivan taking the kids off to the field. It was an urban 
vernacular and now that urban vernacular has made them millions upon millions of dollars inviting the color of people's experiences into their marketing campaign it's a game changer it's not just what's societally right it's what's fiscally right for organizations love it love it so who is somebody like yourself that you'd like to acknowledge as a leader and should be invited to be a guest on a podcast like this Oh my gosh. So I have a few, but one is Sherry Riley. Sherry Riley is a former LaFace executive. And this is what she does. She works in the entertainment industry, but she also very specifically works in um, the, the in athletes, uh, with athletes, so professional athletes across the board. And she teaches them to be as good in life as they are in the game. But she is a, a monster. She's a game changer. So she's definitely someone I would recommend. All right. So Sherry is on the radar now. We got to see if we can get her on the program. Um, where can we find out more about your, your company? This is a great time to shamelessly promote anything you have going on. What are you working on? So a few things I'm working on right now that I'm really excited about. One is I'm working on a virtual presentation skills training. One of the things is I'm a speaker and I do a lot of training, but and I'm a professor. So I've taught online and face-to-face. And what I've noticed in this new virtual environment is that so many people aren't able to translate well in the virtual environment. They may be great on the stage, but when you get them on virtual, it's like, uh, sorry, I am now going to the tab that you can't see me scrolling on. So we're doing that, but they can find me at two places. One, the company website, which is execuprep, execuprep.com. Um, and they can find me on my personal website, which is Dietra Giles. And Dietra Giles is spelled D-E-T-H-R-A-G-I-L-E-S.com. Both of those places, you can always find me and connect with me. Awesome. So I love it. Everybody should be out there reaching out to you because I think you've got a wealth of knowledge and should be able to help tons of folks. So um, last and final question, most important of them all, this is Tuffy. What have you been snacking on lately? Oh my gosh, I'm going to sound so boring, but I, I like to, my, I get my sugar from natural foods. Not that I don't a cake occasionally, but the latest thing I've been snacking on is Colombian style mangoes. So I cut up the mango, put lime juice and a little pepper sauce in the bag and squish it up. And y'all, when I tell y'all, and y'all can hear my, I'm a Southerner, that y'all comes out. When I tell you that is the treat of the century for me, oh my gosh. So I that's like what it. I'm snacking on lately. The natural snacks are great. So like a lot of times I'll take a piece of fruit in the morning and it's just like, okay, at some point during the day, that's the snack. So yeah. love that, all natural. We got a couple minutes left. So uh, we can either end early. You can share something else about what you're working on. You could ask me a question. What would you like to do? Um... What question would you want me to ask you? Ooh, a lot of people ask all kinds of interesting questions, so I don't know what you have on your mind. But <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of times people will ask me how I got into this, so I've told that story a lot of times. Okay, um, many times. What, what else? What, what are you curious about? So mm-hmm. you know I'm in the apprenticeship space, and I work with a lot of people that look like me trying to become software engineers. Okay, so if you were... If you were going to a, um, a middle school class and you were trying to convince people to go into the tech space, what would you tell people, especially particularly inner city youth that have been sold this myth that 
college is the only way to success and they're striving for something that may not be for them, what would you do to convince them, hey, let's look at an alternative that can make you equally or and maybe even more successful? Okay, so first of all, I probably wouldn't tell them, but I would show them. I like to show people the magic of technology that they may not have had an opportunity to experience. So for example, just above on my bookshelf there, there's a Oculus Quest, which is a 3D virtual headset. And when you put one of those things on and you become immediately immersed in the environment, it's like you're transported to another planet. And so the magic and wonder, even simple environments, but they can very quickly you know, immerse you in an experience, I think is the best way to gain their attention and grab them real quick. And then it's really about having a conversation about how you see what you just saw and how you just experienced that. You don't have to just be a consumer of that. You could create that. You could be one of these people that every day you get to work on cool stuff like that. And then how do you do that? We can talk about the path that you might take. And it doesn't necessarily mean lots more school. It could mean that right after high school, you're out there and you're working right away. And a lot of folks, as they start getting a little bit closer to graduating, they get that urge to be a little bit more independent. Mm -hmm. And so they are just like focused on, let me just get out of my parents' house. Let me get out there and start making some money so I can get my own car, so I can you know do my own thing. And it's really about helping them understand that they can be more than just a consumer. I mean, everybody's got one of these phones, right? So mm -hmm. rather than just being a consumer of content, if you can transition, become a creator of content, it really empowers people. And so I like to get people thinking about, you know, you could be an entrepreneur at a really young age, exposing people to what that means, you know, oh, creating right. things and establishing businesses and trying to have some control, be your own boss. And so I think that's what I would talk about to, to a younger class. I don't speak at a lot of uh, younger. I tend to focus a little bit more on like the high school students. And it's just because I feel like I could make the most impact. I feel like that's where sort of we need to address. They're about to graduate. Many of them have no idea what they're going to do. And so I sort of start there and starting to kind of work my way to the younger folks. But I love going to, you know, going to the, into the schools with the headset and just letting them, you know, put it on and play for a little while and get that, you know, childlike energy and experience. And, and then they're just like, that's it. They're just excited. What, what would you tell them? Because a lot, for a lot of us, especially in minorities communi uh, communities, particularly black communities, which I'm, I'm more familiar with, um, we've been taught that college is the answer. So it's not just convincing the kids, it's also convincing the parents. I right. could not have imagined going home and telling my mother that I was not going to college. And even now yeah. that I know it's different, I'm, I'm wrapping my head around the idea that my kids may come to me one day, especially since I preach this at home saying, you know, do you know how much in the middle of COVID, all these college degree people are furloughed and laid off, but the engineer, the plumber, the, you know, the HVAC person, they're like, what break? So what messages or what words would you give them to go and tell their parents? What's that message they take home to say, mom, dad, it's okay. I'm probably not going to college and I'm probably going to make more money than you ever made. Yeah. It's a tough one because I grew up the, the son of two school teachers. And so there was no choice when I was a kid. It was like, you are going to college. <laughs> the question is where? Because it was always, there was always this stigma associated with not going to college. Mm -hmm. It was always like, you're going to end up working at a gas station if you don't get your stuff together. And I'm just like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> it didn't make sense. That analogy, it fell flat because 
I didn't realize, I didn't recognize what they were trying to say is you don't want to be in a job where you're doing the same thing all the time, where you don't have a lot of opportunity to move up. But they didn't explain it that way. They were just like, it's just college. Like that's the goal that you should be like placing all of your focus and attention on. And so that didn't end up working out well for me. I took 10 years to get my master's degree. So it's one of those deals where I think we have to, as a society, make it not a stigma to not have a college degree, but instead like really embrace these vocational patterns. And so that becomes less pressure on the individual, you know, on the student at a young age when they are truly impressionable by their parents. Now, a lot of them will still rebel and they'll just want to do what they want to do. Uh, I think that is going to be a tough conversation to have, but the reality is we know, you know, even as parents, I have a 12 year old. So I know that if he says, I really don't want to go to college, I'm not going to be that disappointed because I also understand that it's not, it's not a binary choice. You can mm-hmm. go off and do an apprenticeship and then get a job, get a job at like a Google or an Apple, and they have tuition reimbursement programs, and you could use that for degree completion, right? And so it doesn't mean that you're not going to get the degree. It just means I'm going to have to be on his back for like the next 10 years to say, are you taking one class a semester so that you can eventually get that piece of paper? Because I don't, again, I don't pers- like believe that it's like one prescribed path to get to where you need to go. I feel like you can kind of bob and weave and, and find your way to eventually having that ticket, having the degree, but also having the experience that you need to just be able to have unlimited potential in terms of jobs. Like getting the ability to write software is going to be an invaluable skill set to bring it back to the beginning of the conversation. Owning that skill and having that skill is really going to unlock a lot of doors. It's just that piece of paper will unlock a few more and a few more places, if that makes sense. I can, I, I love that. I love this conversation um, because it's so it's so near and dear to me because I see so in, in being in HR and also being a professor, I see so many students struggling and I'm and I teach at a private school. So these students are paying upwards to twenty twenty five thousand dollars annually to be there. I'm like, this is a lot of money for one, you to not really be sure if you want to do this. And two, for you to not be billed for this. So it's a private school. So pretty wealthy kids come aside from scholarships. I'm like, your parents are spending a lot of money for you to find yourself. Mm, This is not where yourself should be right now. Maybe take a gap year. Like you said, maybe spread it out, maybe go work and take a class a semester uh, here and there and then determine this is what I want to do. So I think it's time for us to change the narrative around that conversation. I, listen, I have three degrees. I love school, but school is for me. That's what I do. Correct. It's where I thrive. It's what I enjoy. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And it doesn't mean that my desire to be in school is superior to someone's desire to be fixing a car or learning technical skills in an apprenticeship or whatever it may be. And we have to begin to change that narrative. Yeah. And also, I think it's also not like a person uh, intrinsically isn't a good fit for the entire life. Maybe it's just not at that point, right? Like at 12th grade, I had to have enough of school. I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. But then it was like, nope, you got to do a few more years. And it's like, it would have been great for me to take a short break mm-hmm. and still be building some credits over time so that when I was ready, I could just get in there and get the rest of it done and get it taken care of and have that college experience. Mm-hmm. So I really feel like it's not just, is it a good fit? Is it a good fit at that point, at that time for folks? 
And it's tough because you want to, you know, you want to nurture and make sure that your son or daughter thrives. But at the same time, you like, they, sometimes they're not sure. So you're just like, well, what's the right thing? And right. it's tough. I, I, I can see it. But the stigma of vocational training doesn't help, right? Because right. then it just adds that additional pressure. Are we making the right decision kind of deal? Mm-hmm. So this well, has been an awesome con- I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, what you said earlier was key is that it's not a binary decision. Right. Yeah, they get plenty of time. They're young. They're young people. They get plenty of time to experience things. Break a few things while they're young so they have some some time to fix them. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, thanks, Deetra. I really appreciate you coming on to the program today. It was a pleasure for me. Thank you for having me, and thank you for giving me a chance to engage with your audience. Absolutely. Give us that website one more time, and then I'll be sure to put it into the show notes. Absolutely. It's execuprep.com. That's E-X-E-C-U-P-R-E-P.com. Uh, that's awesome. So thanks again so much for coming on the program. And for everybody else watching or listening on the interwebs, make sure you like, subscribe, and check out for more episodes of Snack Walls. I'm Mike Roberts. Until the next time, peace. The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snack Walls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The tech-enabled apprenticeship program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io. 